0: Hey everyone, welcome to 11 Questions, where each week we meet a new person and get to know them. This is your host, Amantivana, and today we are meeting Jag Nagra, who is a South Asian queer graphic designer and illustrator. Let's find out more about her. Hi Jag, welcome to 11 Questions. Thank you, thanks for having me. I want to start by asking you, where do you live and where are you from?
1: Uh, I live in the suburbs of Vancouver, so about half an hour outside of Vancouver. And yeah, I was born and raised in the suburbs. Yeah.
0: Since we're talking on a weekend, what's your favorite way to spend a weekend?
1: Oh, my favorite day. Well, right now with COVID, um, I feel like every day feels like a weekend. <laughs> uh, it's a bit hard to find. Like, I feel like last Friday, I thought it was Sunday and it just like confused everything. Like the whole day was kind of confused. But um I have two little kids and yeah, just spending the day with them and going for walks and going in the park with them. Sounds
0: nice. Like I mentioned earlier I have been following you on Instagram for a while and I
1: love your art and I'm really curious like how long have you been doing this? I graduated from the Art Institute of Vancouver as a graphic designer in 2006 and then I started drawing I think in 2012 so it's been about nine years of actual drawing now.
0: Great. Is there a preference in format for you like are you more of a digital artist or do you prefer traditional, you know, paper pencil? Uh, so actually
1: when I first started like in 2012 I started a 365 day art project where I was mm-hmm. able- I didn't do anything with pen and paper, like everything was done on Adobe Illustrator with my mouse, Like nothing touched paper at that point. And I was kind of exploring um, geometric shapes, like what kind of shapes can I create that will create like a portrait of a person or an animal, that sort of thing, Um, just to ease myself into it a little bit. I guess my style has now morphed more into hand-drawn. And I quite like how things are not so perfect when you, when I, especially with my style, like I like having wonky lines. I like that not everything's perfect. I just let my hand sort of do the talking and the drawing now. Um And I, I tried, like I tried a digital tablet to draw with and I just couldn't orient myself properly. So I went back to pen and paper and, I just have stacks and stacks of paper now.
0: (laughs) I think digital is great, but it's not as satisfying as pen and paper can be.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like with digital stuff, like especially like there's a big trend of like minimalist illustrations and stuff, which I I was very much like part of that trend too. It just seems like that way everyone's work sort of starts looking the same. If you go on any number of these like portfolio sites, you could see hundreds of the same style of character and stuff. So that's sort of why I wanted to explore my voice, like with the hand-drawn stuff, because that's like very unique to me and it feels more personal that way. Yeah, I I just prefer it.
0: And what tools do you use or recommend for artists who are trying to get into
1: this? I don't know if I recommend any one particular thing. Everyone, I feel like everyone has a certain way of working that works for them. What works for me might not work for you. So it's, I feel like it's very personal, like, and it's sort of a journey of discovering what your most efficient way of working is. Personally, like I have glossy printer paper and a certain kind of pen. And I love how the pen glides along the glossy paper. But yeah, I I don't know too many people that do drawing that way.
0: In your entire career as an artist, what would you say is your biggest achievement?
1: Hmm. Do you know what, like when I was um, a graphic designer with a marketing company, after a few years of working there, I feel like I had this crisis where I was like, I'm going to die one day and my computer, no one knows my computer password and no one's going to know that I was an artist. My work is going to die with me. So ever since then, like I made it a mission to create art that people can hold, like tangible things. I recently, maybe like a year ago, created some skis. I collaborated with a ski company, did skis. And when people send me videos of them using the skis on mountains, like that's amazing because I still have the sketch of the drawing I did mm-hmm. on, to see what it became. If it's packaging design, I love seeing people holding the package in their hand. So I think that's sort of my biggest accomplishment is, or achievement, something I take pride in is. Something I created on my desk has gone out in the world and it's living outside of its original existence. I, I just think that's so cool.
0: Yeah, I can imagine how great it would feel to see your work in other people's hands.
1: Yeah, and it's like it kind of connects you, even though like even with some of the art I sell, people, wherever they're buying it from, I've never met this person and yet like knowing that it's going to be framed on a wall in their house, that's really incredible because we're sort of connected in some way now without even having met each other. And it's just so powerful for me. Yeah. And I'm sure you get a lot of praise for everything that you create
0: because it is amazing. But what's the best praise you have gotten so far?
1: Something that moves me a lot is when uh, my two-year-old daughter, when she looks at something and she says, mama made that. Um, that is like beyond any praise anyone could give me. Like, it's just, it's so cool to see her like understand that I made something. Like we have this huge canvas of, uh, one of the portraits I made and we named her Devi. That's the character's name. Um, this huge canvas right at our dining table on the wall. So we'll be eating like our meals and yeah, we'll be like, Devi, come eat. And it's like, just cool seeing her interact with it. I I just like that to me. (laughs) I can quit now because I had that moment with my daughter.
0: That's really sweet. One thing I noticed in your art is there's elements of culture. Is it organic thing that just happens or you are intentional about it?
1: I feel like if I think to the kind of art I was exposed to when I was younger or even now, like I never really saw a lot of brown skin in art, especially in the mainstream. Like it's just like not something that you see. So I wanted to surround myself with the kind of images I wish I had seen. Or with my two kids now, I want them to be exposed to that, right? Like brown skin, dark brown skin. What does that look like to be celebrated? So it is very intentional for me. And a lot of my themes are um, a way for me to live through these portraits I'm making. For example, like in Indian culture, it's so taboo still to have tattoos, to have your arms covered in tattoos. All the like. Auntie are gonna look at you and uh, scoff some of my drawings have somebody wearing a lenga but then they have nike high tops you know that's how i wish i could have dressed when i went to an indian reception party i would have had so much more fun but instead in real life i had to wear sandals with like all these like shiny jewels on them that my mom (laughs) even though i'm like you know even when i was 20 in my 20s my mom i can totally
0: relate to that yeah it's just and- like acceptable outfits, and you cannot experiment so much. Exactly, exactly.
1: So um, I'm kind of taking a stance with my artwork and kind of showing that there's another like side to us as South Asian women that doesn't get talked about, but is very much here. I try to find my place in in the world, being a queer South Asian especially. Especially growing up, there weren't a lot of gay role models that I could look up to. So I'm trying to just find my place. I, I feel like there's a little bit of me in all of my drawings that I do.
0: Yep. Are there any new projects, new series that you're working on?
1: Something that's ongoing is in Vancouver, there's um, Punjabi Market, which is mm-hmm. the oldest like little India in all of North America. Last year, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of Punjabi Market. And I mean, like the last two decades, like so many businesses has, have moved out of Vancouver. There hasn't been a lot of economic investment in the neighborhood. So we are trying to, in some way, like save it and preserve mm-hmm. history and the legacy and try to bring back some of like arts and culture that we're missing there. because. It looks so different than it did in the 80s and 90s. Like it was so busy when we used to go. All the shops used to be so busy. Um, it used to be like a big outing as a family to go there. And now like you could go to a shop and you're the only person that's in there all day. Like especially with COVID now, it's really hard and it's hitting the businesses a lot. So we're trying to um, revitalize it. With COVID last year, like everything came to a standstill as far as our planning. So this year, we're kind of a bit more focused and trying to find ways to engage the community. However, that looks like virtually is very hard right now. But that's sort of the big thing going on in my life because we have a four-month-old son as well. So just getting used to life with two kids now has been a bit of a process. And we just moved into this new house like a month ago. As far as personal projects, I don't really have anything on the go too much. But mm-hmm. my South Asian drawings that we were talking about earlier, like that's for me is an ongoing thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like when I get a spark of in- inspiration, I often come to my office here and, and will kind of draw out an idea.
0: On that note, I do like your office a lot because of that pictorial <laughs> background. Thank you. <laughs> I wish that was my office. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Who are three artists that you really look up to?
1: I don't know if you've heard of Andy Dixon. He was from Vancouver originally, and now he lives in Los Angeles. He is a painter, and the stuff he does is just so full of color. like i I would love to have like an Andy Dixon piece in my house one day. Who else am I drawn to? I feel like on social media lately, I've been coming across lots of South Asian artists that I hadn't heard of before and i'm still sort of getting to know their work but all of a sudden i feel like once you start following someone then you're yeah. someone so i'm i'm coming across all these people who are just it's just so cool to see this community of south asian artists celebrating what it means to be south asian so yeah i don't know if there's one particular one i can think of i just feel like really excited right now that there's like this collective out there and um, yeah
0: and they're really making strong statements too with their art which I love I follow so many South Asian artists because in a way I feel like oh yes I needed to say
1: this growing up but I didn't know how to
0: exactly
1: exactly I think that's so relatable like I feel exactly what you just said you just see so many things online and it's like oh yes I've been feeling that for the last two (laughs) decades and someone finally put it into words or into a drawing or painting and it expresses like so many emotions I feel like I'm now like relating to things that I never even like didn't even occur to me that people were also feeling it and sometimes I also
0: feel I have felt this why have I not thought of creating something out of it <laughs> exactly
1: exactly yeah you just sometimes don't it, it doesn't occur to you and then yeah someone do it and you're like oh yeah <laughs>
0: So our last question, if you were to pick one interesting life experience or a story to
1: share with us, what would you tell us? That's a very hard question. (laughs) Good question. One life experience. Um, It's kind of a series. Like I was thinking about this recently. Um, A couple of years ago, I did this art project called Scout and Scholar. And every day I went out and asked one stranger what they had learned that day. And I got them to write on a um, notebook I would bring with me. And like that was every day for a year. But I, to me, like that's one, thinking back, it's sort of like one moment in my life, even though it was a full year, but it just like profoundly changed who I am. Uh, because before that, like I was so shy. I was so introverted. I couldn't carry a conversation with anybody. And like within the first two weeks, I was ready to quit because I didn't know like how to talk to people, how to get them to stop and listen to me. Often they thought I was trying to sell something. <laughs> uh, like this one older man, he kind of like, yelled at me because I wasn't selling my thing right and I was like oh my god like just very it was very upsetting but I kept with the project and it just got easier and easier to talk to people and not only to talk to them but to connect with them like people told me very personal private things about themselves now I can like I'll be at a grocery store and I can talk to somebody and I'll walk away like smiling like that was really cool to connect with someone. I feel like that was sort of my life before this project and my life after. Like I'm two different people, so that that was something I I'm so glad I did it. I love the idea of the project. Yeah, it was really interesting. Like I, I and I would ask little kids, like if they were with their parents, I'd ask if the kids could share. And one girl said um, she learned 100 plus 100 equals 200. <laughs> And sometimes people like people talked about the death of their children or if they had left an abusive marriage or um, they were battling like drug addiction. People just told me these intimate things. And it, it was just so amazing. It was incredible.
0: Yeah. And one year projects are actually really hard to stick to. So I'm just here thinking, how did you do it? I start things and then I give up because I'm like, okay, why did I sign up for this long project?
1: <laughs> you know what? I've done three 365-day projects in my wow. life. And after each one, I, was, I told my friends, like, I'm never doing another one. Make sure <laughs> do it. And like a few months later, I'd be like, hey, I started a new one. I have actually found the trick to getting through them is to post it online. Um, so you kind of feel the pressure to do it, even if nobody's looking at your project. I can relate to that. Yeah. when
0: you announce things you're like okay now sort of you're accountable to people somehow
1: yeah exactly even if like no one's looking at your blog or wherever you're posting it like just feeling like somebody's watching you know like i can't yeah. it on day 47 i have to keep going and then it starts like you get addicted to it and like, okay i need to go out today and or sit down and work on it a little bit that's really amazing
0: i'm still thinking about how you did that and <laughs> i probably will think about it after we are done talking <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Jag, for answering my questions. It's been great getting to know you. But before I let you go, for our listeners, if they want to check out your art or purchase something, how can they do
1: that? Yeah, so just check out my website at jagnagra.com or Instagram at jagnagra.
0: Thank you so much again. It was great talking to you. And listeners, do check out Jag's amazing artwork. I am sure you will love it. And I'll meet you all here again next week with my new guest. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. Hope you enjoyed getting to know our guest as much as I did. You can also watch a video version of this conversation on 11Questions YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening. And if you like this episode, please leave a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at 11 Pod for more videos and updates. And I'll be back next week with a new guest. Bye!